0: Yo, yo, welcome to the Around the Four and Two Fantasy Football Show, brought to you by Keith's Barbershop. As always, located in East Rochester, PA. I'm your host, Smitty. With me as always, Drew Joe. What is up, fellas? What's up, brother?
1: What's happening, y'all? How are we doing today?
2: Kenny Pickett season.
0: Doing well. We're just gonna go there right away. All right, there we go. Kenny Pickett. New starting. Season. Season. So this is a fantasy football show, but like pretty apparent. We're Steelers fans all three. What? Of us.
1: I have a Cowboys Cup.
0: <laughs> True. True. Who's and on that's it? That's not even the thing, is, that's not even the, the team of your wife. Uh, like, so no, it's, not. Witten. it's got
1: Dak. It's got Amari Cooper. It's got Jason Witten.
2: It's very nice. We'll pretend, is, where's Cooper we'll Rush? Pretend all those guys I brought you a fancy <laughs> championship in,
0: in the past. Yeah, they nah. need to replace Dak with Cooper Rush on that cup.
1: Yeah, right? First uh, quarterback to go 4 0 for the Cowboys ever.
2: Amazing. Jerry Jones is acting like it's going to be a competition if Dak struggles. It's hilarious. You know what's funny? Remember
1: when I told you when that injury first happened? There was that guy that made that thing about how like Tom Brady came in for like the injury Bledsoe and like how they had just found their Tom Brady and like we all laughed about it. And then he just mm-hmm. casually goes 4 no. Yeah. M- maybe we're on to something. I don't know. Uh,
0: Derek is here already. RIP Mitch Bird. Yeah. Three and a half games. It comes to an end. We're going to talk a little bit actually about like who could be the big beneficiary there when it comes to the Steelers offense. But first and foremost, as always, we turn to Dr. Drew for the injury updates of the week Uh, right around uh, quick turnaround tomorrow with Jonathan Taylor being hurt. We know he's going to miss tomorrow's game, but is this something that could push past this week's game? How long do you expect this to affect him? Uh, Let's just start there.
2: So there was a rumor that it was a high ankle sprain. Um, sounds like it's not. It's a lateral ankle sprain, which is good in the lower part of the ankle. Um, unfortunately, though, that was a similar injury that uh, Saquon Barkley suffered last year, and we saw what happened with him. It hindered him basically the entire season, missed a lot of time. Um, Stefanie Bell pointed out this week on her show that in- injuries like this, if you are keep yourself in good shape, they could be different for for different players jonathan taylor is a workhorse that keeps himself in crazy physical shape saquon does as well but of course he was coming off a torn acl so he didn't have the same amount of conditioning that maybe a jonathan taylor would have after he's been playing essentially since junior high he hasn't missed any time so we'll see it if uh it impacts him long term it's gonna be a week-to-week thing though obviously he's out tomorrow yeah
0: uh joe is there anything to add to that i mean as a uh dynasty jonathan taylor owner and being is that the lead i'm actually i might be one and three in that one i uh, my fantasy by the way just oh that's my good lead that i'm two and two in i think i'm doing really well at two and two okay you just
2: beat me this week my team is mid as hell there we go
0: okay well anyway that's the that's the lead that i have taylor in so um obviously not gonna have him this week but i did have josh jacobs on the bench he obviously just uh Recently popped off, so I hope he does it again. But he's a uh, Joe, anything? Add exactly on uh, matchup. Particular?
1: Um, the only thing that I wanted to add was that I'm curious to see who they utilize as their running back. Uh, like, as mm-hmm. their primary like ball handler going forward? Just because it's not really like in the wheelhouse for Naheem Hines to come in and be Philip like Lindsay. a bell cow. You really think that Philip Lindsay will come out? Because he was on Frank the Reich one, already
2: right? said in a Frank Reich already said in uh, one of his press conferences that he's going to be involved.
1: Yeah, it's Mm. interesting. So there's a stat that's been floating around that I saw that said, in games where Naheem Hines has had at least 20 touches, he averages averages 17.5 fantasy points. Um, So if he is getting more work, that could be a good thing. I don't think he would have been somebody that I ran out and got on waivers today or last night. Um, But I do think that they'll utilize him more, which isn't saying a lot because they really haven't utilized him Um, in a way that we thought we would based on how they were talking about him in the off season or based how they paid him, um, with the extension too. But I I think there's going to be an uptick there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on Jonathan Taylor for the year. Um, he was the unanimous, like consensus first overall pick. Um, the Colts, I don't think anybody realized how bad their offensive line actually is. If you watch their games, it's pretty tough to watch. Um, Matt Ryan doesn't have a lot of time. I think one of the things that we were expecting was that if he was having issues, then you would see him dump off to Taylor. Haven't seen that happen. There's not been a lot of holes in the, uh, for him to run through. And then they're not really getting to the um, into the red zone a whole lot. So I think that for me, if I'm two or two or worse and I have him, then I'd be looking to ship him off. Um, people probably – seem to think that he's going to come back sooner than later so i think that you can get some decent value in return but he's somebody that i'm looking to trade
0: well that's interesting because we had us here on here as a topic is he a buy low candidate
1: i wouldn't want to buy him but uh i guess i would be sell. i'm a he's a low candidate for me but okay. i wouldn't give up anything to buy him i i just think which is funny to say, because if you look at his data for the last few years, he's had similar starts where he started slow, um, really tore things open um, in the later half of the year. Um, I think his rookie year was more just due to utilization and him having to work his way through the depth chart. Um, last year, not really sure um, how or why that happened, but the line played some significantly better than it's been so far. Um, I just... I guess you could buy low on him, but I don't know. At what point do you realize it's just more of a burden to deal with and be frustrated? I, I get very similar vibes to Jonathan Taylor that I do Kyle Pitts, where it's like I know logically that like I shouldn't be playing this guy because they don't do anything, but yeah. then like my Talent. heart says like the talent's there, like I have to put them in the lineup, and then I lose again, yeah. and then next week rolls back, and then you have that hope again. So.
0: It, well, speaking you of by-low candidates, I don't know if you have any off the top of your head, but Derek said who are some by-low RB candidates.
1: So I actually found this guy on Twitter. His name is Kevin Cole. I'm going to pull this up for you guys real quick. Um, so um, he's charted running back expected versus actual fantasy points. Um, mm. So this is a pretty good like way to uh, – let's see. Um. Let me see if this will work. Did that work? Yeah, it did. Okay. Um, So this is a good indication of basically what they're expecting to do versus what they've actually done. Um, So you could see guys that are below the line are all people that you could technically buy low on. Um, So someone like uh, Hall, Taylor, Fournette, Harris, um, James Conner, Aaron Dillon. Somebody that I think that is underappreciated in the fantasy community is Damian Harris. He scored like in 13 of the last 16 Patriots games or something like that. Um, They're very dominant in the run game. And even though Ramondre is there, um, they've both been more than serviceable. So I think you could get Harris pretty cheap, especially with Ramondre getting more work um, in the passing game. I think that people are down a little bit on Harris. Um, And then on the flip side of that, um, you could see people like uh, CEH, Swift, um, James Robinson. Maybe those are people that you want to – or even um, Jamal Williams, people that you'd want to sell high on. Um, so this is kind of where I would look at. But um, people that fall into this window that you think have some skill, that's
2: going to be your buy lows. Right off the top of my head, it was Leonard Fournette because he's not scoring a lot of touchdowns right now. I know he scored last week. Um, their offense as a whole has looked terrible with their lack of wide receivers staying healthy. I want a lot more of Tampa Bay. I think that they'll turn it around. Obviously, Brady had a big game last week, but it was all garbage time. I think eventually they'll come back to, come back to earth and uh, be good for
0: you, especially they had the Steelers in two weeks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's the get-right spot right there. Yeah. So maybe not uh, this upcoming week, but the following week, that's when you want them. Um, Drew, I know this one's going to hurt to talk about. Javante Williams, out for the year, and uh it's not just an ACL tear. Um, this sucks, but let's hear about it.
2: Yeah, ACL, LCL, potentially PCL injury. Um, this is similar to what Saquon suffered two years ago. To me, it didn't look like it was that bad. I don't know if he saw the play. It didn't look like it mm-hmm. bent awkwardly. It looked like he just got tackled normally. I don't even know if it was non-contact right before he got tackled or what. But, yeah, it's bad. Um, he's probably a guy that I won't even look at in redraft next year because I typically don't like to invest in guys that are coming back from an injury like this. But uh, I'm trying to buy him in Dynasty. He's still only 21 years old. He comes back in two years at 23. He could be Saquon Barkley this year. But going forward, unless you're looking for him in Dynasty, I'm out on him for the next two years, which is tough because I have a lot of shares.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, so if you're comparing it to the Saquon injury, you're probably not seeing the actual version of Javante next year. You're looking at the 2024 season right. when we could see a return to form there. But, right. you know, yeah, at his age – you know, you hope that that's on his side at least. Um, but yeah, this is gonna be it's gonna be tough, and it really sucks for such a promising player. Um, we did get a dynasty question. Um, they even said it was gonna be a long one, so they couldn't fit it all into one thing. But try to pull this up. Uh, have J.J. Devontae, London, Gabe, Curtis, Sam, Mooney, K.J. Osborne, Jameson coming off IR soon, a wide receiver. At running back, I have Ramondre, Ken Walker. Thank you for saying Ken and not Kenneth. Uh, Rashad White, P. Ryan Hilliard. So great and not so great, respectively. Would you trade Gabe, Mooney, and Curtis for Melvin, Brian Robinson, and Khalil Herbert to balance out the roster? There's so much to this to sift through.
2: I feel like we're all going to disagree here. Well, so the, fact
0: that, the fact that Gabe Davis is part of this.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like feel him. Like it, it's you're giving an up too thing. much.
1: I think giving up Gabe, like Mooney's a low, like a by-low candidate right now. Yeah. Gabe Davis has been disappointing, but I really think that we talked about this yesterday. The ankle, I don't, they said that he's looked better. He was a full participant in practice today, but I don't think that he's healthy. I don't know if he will be healthy. Um, but you have the age factor there. Um, and Curtis Samuel has been more than enough. Melvin Gordon, um, he's past his prime. He's not really useful after this year. Brian Robinson we've yet Rumbling. to see. Like, um, great story. I'm really glad to hear that he's practicing and that it went well today. Um, and Khalil Herbert is next in line to kind of take over for the, the Bears. I don't see a scenario where they bring back Montgomery next year um, unless like he tests free agency and comes back. Kind of similar to Melvin Gordon in a sense. Where it's like, all right, like we don't think that um, he could do it. I think that you're giving up too much and getting back
2: too little. Um, if I it see were me, a potential I... one for one there, kind of. Like I, I don't really hate seeing if you can sell off Curtis Samuel to get Khalil Herbert for a long-term thing. I think that you'd prefer to have Khalil Herbert long-term over Curtis Samuel. Sure. I don't know how long the Curtis Curtis Samuel thing's gonna last. I think you could sell him high right now. To a guy that's going to consider Montgomery coming back,
0: yeah. I mean, I I'm with you there, but I'm also I. Th- you said we were all going to be disagreeing. I don't think so. Well, I I'm, I wasn't
2: going to trade Gabe Davis. That's where I thought the disagreement would be. Uh, okay. So nice like,
1: <laughs> did you get it? No, I didn't. Dang it. We we uh, still have some no. time.
0: I, yeah, I'm not I'm not on board with this trade either. But uh I do if you can get that one for one, because I do like Khalil Herbert. I think we all like Khalil Herbert. Um I, like I, wrote, a
2: bit. Too. I feel like he's gonna be a good story. And he's gonna bounce back and be relevant, I think.
0: I'm confused about the question marks here. This, oh, this a chip okay. I, th- I thought I said this is a chip winning team. This a chip winning team. Question mark, question mark. Yes. Lamar, CMC, Lenny, Jamar Chase, CD, Godwin, Kelsey, Judy, Dobbs, Mostert, Jacoby Myers, McKenzie, IR, Jameson Williams. 10 man PPR, 4 0 right now. Any move I should make? Oh, and I, I have Rashad White. That That's a yeah. heck of the draft. Mm hmm. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, the really... bench is kind of irrelevant to me.
1: Yeah, that one's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I would say I would drop McKenzie. I don't think there's a scenario where he's going to slide in for one of your players. Um, I would go for somebody that has higher upside. Um, if you can get like, I know George Pickens is out there in a lot of leagues, especially if you're not from the Pittsburgh area, Um, somebody that could really
0: fall into that. I'm glad that you specified because he's owned like everywhere. If you're playing with Steeler fans.
1: Yeah. Right. He was taken in like the sixth round because someone saw that DJ was getting taken or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think that one, I would go for running back lottery tickets. So if you see what happened, um, With like the Bears, um, if you can get ahead of like something on the waivers, where if that that roster spot for you is really going to be all right, is there any lottery tickets that I can jump ahead on? Um, I would almost say the same thing about Jacoby Myers, but I actually really like what he's doing. Um, So he's somebody that I would hold on to. He's a number one target getter in his offense. McKenzie is a slot receiver um, that kind of goes back and forth um, and was really splitting time until um, they kind of got banged up in the. Buffalo uh, receiving room. Um, so he's got, he's been pretty touchdown dependent and has been getting those touchdowns, but I don't know if it's necessarily worth it um, at this point to go for that. But yeah, I would drop McKenzie, look for um, players in the, the wire. Um, if you're going to handcuff anybody on your team, it's going to be Leonard Fournette for me. Um, I don't think that anybody that fills in for CMC is going to really do it. Well, he already has, right. yeah, has Rashad oh, White. Oh, he already he has good Rashad there. White. Yeah, okay. Good there. Okay, then he's
2: the, good there. Guy, I'm looking at off the waivers, Michael Gallup. Um, I thought he looked really good last week. Noah Brown has looked very good all season. I think that he'll take over his role. Um, Noah Brown's going to fade away. I I like Michael Gallup. I've been stashing him on my IR for weeks. If he's still available, he's a guy I would look at. Mm,
0: I like that one too. Uh, Cameron says, "Hey guys, I dropped Rondell Moore to pick up Elijah Mitchell off waivers in a 16 team." Full PPR lead. Was that a dumb move? Great move. Current RBs are CMC, Saquon, Kareem Hunt, Naeem Hines, Madison, and now Elijah Mitchell. Current wide receivers are A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, Ayuk, K.J. Osborne, stashing Jameson Williams. Is everybody stashing Jameson Williams on IR that's in the chat right now? I have a third person that's had him on their roster. I'm I'm stashing imagine not having him. Yeah. It's a good
2: move.
0: But no, in a 16 16 team to get a, a running back that is potentially like the leader of the pack for that, for that running back room. We know yeah. that they kind of divvy up the touches in San Fran, but like you saw what he did last year in a 16 team league, I think that that's, that's a great move.
2: Yeah. And Greg Dortch essentially took over the Rondell Moore role. He lost his job due to injury, and Deshaun or um, DeAndre Hopkins is even back yet. It's just going to worsen his. Uh,
0: Rondell his Moore's rate. like my height.
2: Yeah. Well, the so. thing
0: was,
1: is they were expecting him to be the slot receiver this season, and then he got hurt. Um, But he actually played out wide because A.J. Green didn't play last week. Um, Dorch, as Drew said, he led snaps from the slot. He had 23, um, and 10 of those were run blocks. Um, Rondell Moore had a pretty big spike in the percentage of plays that he had relative to, like, last year. Um, He started off hot, and as the weeks were going, all the way through week nine, he had a progressive incline um, on his amount of, like, offensive snaps, and then – it immediately dropped like to below 50%, and he pretty much became useless. I know last year, I thought he was going to be like the waiver wire pickup of the year. I screamed mm-hmm. it everywhere, and it didn't work out so well. Um, there was people that blew
2: there... a ton of fab on him, to your point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but he looked pretty decent. He
1: is the de facto um, wide receiver, too, for the time being. But knowing that DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, that Ertz has also been a target monster for them, um to me it's like i i like that move a lot having any running backs that can do anything um in those kind of leagues especially at 16 teams that's really important um so i think that he may have some splash here and there it looked like they were designing plays for more um and trying to find ways to get him the ball but um at the end of the day that offense isn't really looking all that great they've been more volume based than looking good i don't think they've scored 30 points in a game yet this season um but yeah, I like the move. Um, it's hard speaking to of
2: Rondell Moore too. Just to add to that, he's just a guy <laughs> that you're either getting zero or you're getting a big week. And I don't typically roster guys like that because it's just frustrating.
0: Right on the opposite end of a bad offense, you have the Detroit Lions offense. Jared Goff running the show there. It doesn't matter who's playing receiver. The league's best offense has been the league's best offense with the Detroit Lions. So Goff. Uh, I like how they threw in the CFL reference here with the CFL offense he had this week comes out looking like prime Brady. Is he a must start matchup proof? What do we think about Jared Goff?
1: Well, uh, I don't want to spoil too much because that's one of the things we were supposed to do on Tinder today. Um, But I will say that three out of the four games that they've played so far have been in the dome and the one game that he Mm. didn't do as well in was outside of the dome. Um, So I do think that there's some weather dependencies there, Um, but at the end of the day, um, one of the most important things that you'll see from quarterbacks that tend to kind of come out of nowhere um, is that the game script for them really drives their need and they just have an absurd amount of volume um so let me pull up their game script score uh real quick i don't know if anybody else wants to chime in and then i'll
2: pick back up their total score each week has been above 70 and i we talked about this last night and dak prescott was my qb1 last year for bull prediction for this exact reason this is exactly what i thought the cowboys defense was going to look like i was dead wrong on that because micah parsons just came in and just completely changed the entire story of that defense but Jared Goff, I believe in. He's not matchup proof to me. Like, I'm not going to start him. Like, actually, no, he killed against the Eagles, didn't he? They're a defense that I don't typically like to start against. But I don't know about, like, teams like the The, Bucks or Bills. uh, The
1: the Eagles, he had 16 against Washington. He had 26. Minnesota, he had 14.9. Then last week, he had 34.
2: So the Eagles and the Lions killed on the ground.
0: Yeah, I was say, they put up points still in that game. so, that yeah, must have been so it must have been off the ground.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah he's I not think. matchup proof, but he's definitely someone that if he has a mid to better at a matchup, he's in my lineup because they're just going to be in shootouts all year.
0: Mid, I like it. He did come in our top ten this week, number nine, QB9 in the aggregated Fricker Ticker.
1: Yeah, so their uh, their game script score is definitely negative. It's not as actually as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. Um, so it's a negative 1.49, um, which means that like they take the average score differential at any given point in the game. So on average, they're down by 1.49 points. So it's not to the point where they're like a blowout. When Dak got mm-hmm. hurt that year, like their average game score was nine, minus eight. Yeah. So it was like the absurd amount, amounts of levels of comeback that they needed to do wasn't there. But I think that's also a testament to the offensive line and how well they're be able to move the ball that yes, like they have this negative game script. So it's almost misleading. It's like right in the middle of the pack for the league. But I think that their ability to score is really making it seem lesser than it really is. Cause they're giving up a ton of points, but they're also scoring a ton too.
2: Yeah. I, I don't um, think so. it's game script in the sense that they're down and they're it's garbage time. They're just shooting Keeping out up. Like most of the week or most of the weeks. They're just, it's just back and forth.
0: Right. Um, man, we, I, I love that we're getting so many comments, but we've strayed pretty far away from here from, uh, the last injury to talk about is Cordero Patterson, who just won on IR. Um, obviously there's a couple other running backs there in Atlanta who might be split in time, but what's this mean for Atlanta's backfield?
2: Um, so he has, he has the knee injury first of us. So it's undisclosed. Yep. We don't know how severe it is. Um, but he was placed on IR for me, Tyler Algier is a guy you want. But I'm not starting any of these guys over the next several weeks. They have the Bucks, Niners, and Bengals the next three weeks. And by that point, you might be seeing Cordell Patterson coming back. So it's concerning about your usage for them, if especially if you spend a priority waiver on him or Caleb Huntley. But I think that Algier is probably the guy that's going to take on most of the work in that backfield. It's just that I don't know when you're going to be able to use him and if he's going to be effective.
0: Yeah. Joe, do you agree with that?
2: Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Their schedule's brutal, Um, and they said that the surgery that uh, Cordero had wasn't, like, something that's going to be, like, a long-term. It's just put him on the IR. You also have to imagine that when Damian Williams comes back that he's going to eat into some of those carries as Mm. well. Um, So I think that, like, he's going to have a chance to, like, make a name for himself. I think everybody had the impression that they were going to try to utilize Corderell less. Just to get the most out of him, if that makes sense, um, just because he's such a dynamic player, they don't need him to necessarily be a bell cow for him to be effective. Um, so if Algier is able to step up, then I think he'll continue to have a role. Um, but these next few weeks, it's pretty much like the worst case scenario of teams that you'd want to play if you're trying to like establish yourself as a running back. Um, right.
2: I wanted yeah. to add one more quick injury to it wasn't on the yep. list because it just noticed too late, but Traylon Burks. He has turf toe, so he could miss a few weeks as well.
0: Hmm, turf toe. That might Which play into something here. for me later. Yes. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Um, was there anything else not injury-related uh, as far as like week four headlines? Obviously, we started off the show talking about the quarterback change in Pittsburgh going to Kenny Pickett, but was there anything else not injury-related that kind of jumped off the map to you guys that popped up? Uh, the big thing
1: for me was um, J.K. Dobbins and how he looked in Buffalo. Um, so he kind of was eased into the game in his first week back, um, but they definitely utilized him a lot more last week. Um, he had his first receiving touchdown. And he also ran one in as well. Um, and I think there's more to come from him. I think people forget that J.K. Dobbins was like the most efficient runner two years ago before he got injured, um, and it was really good to see. Um, And I think similarly um, in terms of like a bounce back and better utilization, um, Austin Eckler finally showed up. Um, So he had a huge game last week. Um, So he was held without a touchdown um, for the first three weeks and then puts up three last week. So I think that if you drafted Eckler, hadn't seen that production just yet um, I'm sure that that limited um, or maybe prevented people from completely like selling on him. So I know on the show last week, somebody had asked like, Oh, like, should I trade for Eckler? And we were all like, yeah, like that person's probably loving their life right now. So hopefully I'm able to get that trade done.
2: That kind of plays mm-hmm. into what I was going to say about my, my guy then. But um, I want to add one more thing about uh, the concussions. Obviously we saw what happened to Tua. happy to mm-hmm. hear that. It seems like he's okay, but um, they're going to make some changes to the protocol. So if you have a guy that's going to be out potentially with a concussion or leaves a game with a concussion, it's a good sign that you should probably start looking at the waiver wire because the way they're changing this up now, they're going to be much more conservative about bringing guys back a week later. So guys like Hunter Renfro, obviously they've been out for a few weeks with their concussions. Um, if there's any sort of wobbly behavior on the field, there's a good chance that that guy's not coming back in at all.
0: Right. Um, Cameron says with the JT we kind of touched on Naeem Hines already. Is Naeem Hines worth flexing over Kareem Hunt this week?
2: No. Browns have hmm. a great
0: matchup for running backs.
2: Yeah,
1: that's true. That is true. I think I
0: knew- that you that Naeem Hines is usable this week, but I wouldn't use him over Kareem Hunt.
2: Yeah. I know Nick I'll Chubb's been killing it, but I, I think that both of them are going to be usable this week with how good of a matchup that is.
0: Yeah. Um, was there anything else that's not uh, injury-related in the headlines before we... Go to uh, Tinder.
1: I think we're good. Chad had said that Mac Jones was limited uh, and on track to play this week, uh, which is mm. shocking because the dude could like not walk last week. Yeah, so I don't insane. know how that's going to go. I feel like he could take one bad hit and he's going to be done for the
0: year. I thought it you just... were going to play the word "shocking" into saying about Zappy. You missed something there. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity.
1: I didn't realize that you said the e, so I it wouldn't.
0: Mm. yeah Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't I don't know all my white quarterback names. I'm sorry. I'll work on it. Yeah, it's they're basically
0: – it's literally like if you ordered Mac Jones off Wish.
1: Yeah, but you've already ordered like Mac Jones or someone Mac else. Mac Jones was ordered. already off Wish.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sheehan. All right. Um, so should we play some Tinder?
1: Yeah, man. Let's swipe.
0: Fantasy right. Football Tender, if you guys are familiar, we did this last week as well. Um, this will, kind of, I guess, kind of play into like the headline stuff, maybe some trend stuff, and we're going to tell you if we agree or disagree with it going forward.
1: Cool. Yeah. And then um, as we're answering, if someone is going to swipe right on that, that person, then you see the little g- green button come up. If it's going to be a swipe left, then you're going to get the, the red X. Um, so let me read our, uh, our first profile here. Um, So this is Jared Goff. Um, He's currently QB five in the league, which uh, is very hot. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, just some more things for you. Uh, Let's see. Uh, He's fifth in the league in deep ball attempts. He's third in air yards. He is eighth in air yards per attempt. And his accuracy rating is ranked sixth in the league. His expected points added over the average quarterback is 30.3, which puts him at nine. So do you think that Jared Goff will keep
0: going off this season? Like, yes and no. Because to the level that he has, I am not so sure. But I think what he's doing, I think he's going to continue to play well. Is what I'm saying. Let me put it to you this
1: way. Will Jared Goff finish – As a top five QB this year.
0: Top five, no.
2: Okay. He doesn't have any rushing ability, so it's very tough for him to maintain that. Right, right. But his schedule is pretty favorable to continue this. They play the Bills at home on Thanksgiving. How great of a game does that actually seem
0: like? I know. They were talking about that on – it might have been part of my take. And they were like, that's literally like finally a a Lions game worth watching on Thanksgiving. No one's going to get a stop
2: yeah (laughs) they play so much better on thanksgiving i'm taking their money
0: line on thanksgiving against the bills they it's already been said it's out there you gotta do it now
2: yeah i think goff could finish in the top 10
0: but i can't i can't give him top five for the reason drew just said if he were able to if he was a dull threat guy or not even a dull threat guy just every once in a while like a herbert or burrow like somebody with some ability maybe but yeah kenny pickett that's that's
1: Move over, what? Lamar. We have a new RB1 in town.
0: <laughs> but I can, give, I can buy into Goff finishing top like 10 to 12, 5, no.
1: I would give him – I think he's going to finish in the 7th or 8th range. That's right. Um, I think so, too. Beautiful. But top 5, I'm going to give him the X. So uh, that being Did said – Did you sell
2: I- high on him in, Dan- in Dynasty, though? What I sell high on him in dynasty because like maybe no, they go after a guy like Caleb Williams next year. There was a lot of talk about them being interested in Malik Willis. This could have been just a one year.
0: That's when what I was going to ask about. bridge,
2: like I might sell high on him
0: from a non fantasy standpoint. Like, yeah. is is Goff going to be able to force Detroit to not take a quarterback?
1: Uh, let me see his contract because he's pretty. He's got a pretty big deal. Um, so he is a free agent in 2025 and there's a potential out at the end of this, right. Yeah. End of the season for 10 million, 10 million dollars in dead cap.
0: Um, I think I would sell high.
1: I really would. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, he's, he's what 20. I think somebody actually put it in the comments. I think he's 27, 20. Yeah. Yeah. 27. He's still
2: young, but do they believe that he's the future? And I don't know that they do.
0: But and if it's not Detroit, where is it? His next stop.
2: Yeah. And is his value ever going to be higher than this?
1: I don't know. He did go to the Super Bowl a couple years ago.
0: With the Rams. That's true. That's true. No, it doesn't matter. Once you play in a Super, if he would have won that thing, he'd be a made man forever.
2: Matt Ryan went to a
1: Super Bowl. Yeah. Matt Ryan was the MVP that year, and his coach lost that game.
0: Matt Ryan's made, like, what, 200-some million dollars in the NFL? So I think he's doing all right.
1: Yeah. Matt Ryan wouldn't throw uh, to Kyle Pitts either, just like he wouldn't throw to Julio in the red zone.
2: He turns 28 next week. Matt Ryan is on pace to destroy the fumbles, like, record. Yeah, that's hilarious. Not if Trevor
1: Lawrence capes up with the four fumbles (laughs) per game.
0: Head-to-head battle in the AFC South.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting, because I think the problem that you run into here is so that um, the total cap hit that he has is around 30 million dollars which i think is fair for what Goff brings to the table but if he has a like a big couple of years like you're not going to want to pay jared Goff like 40 million
2: what if he falls off in the second half though like we could be completely wrong his value well, is so yeah. high right now
1: if he falls off then i would i think that you're gonna get more from a quarterback if you trade him in the off season, then you are like, no one really trades in the NFL, like in, in the middle of the year, really. It doesn't happen. Um, but I think I I think somebody that like everybody thought like at the beginning of the year was like, oh, like he's the waiver QB to own. It was like, oh, it's Carson Wentz. I would say that Jared Goff is more like he's not mat- like matchup dependent where, like, Carson wants, if he has a tough matchup, it's like he's not going to get it done. And if he has a good matchup, then he'll do well. That's why I ranked him higher than both of you did this week. I don't think you guys ranked him at all, actually. Um, but Jared Goff, it's all about protection. And that offensive line wasn't nearly as good as it was this year for Detroit. And I think that you're seeing the benefits from that. I think if you look at the stats of, like, his best years and uh, L.A. also came when they had their best offensive lines, and when he struggled, the offensive line also struggled. So I think he's very dependent on what's in front of him. He's not really the, uh, the type of quarterback that's going to move on his feet, scramble, make plays. And, uh, but I think as long as he has a good line there, then he'll be more than fine.
2: He looks like an Indianapolis Colt next year. Three years in a row, they just take on some crazy contract. No, he's too young. Work out.
0: Well, he's not like Wentz, next. Not that Wentz was old. They were... Yeah, you're right. They're going between old and young.
2: Yeah, like so. Wentz was the last one. Now it's Goff's turn. Like it just seems like. All right. They're gonna it's going to be move like that.
0: It's going to be Goff, and then it's going to be Kirk Cousins when he's old.
2: Yes. Yeah. There it is. At a ridiculous contract. That's what <laughs> they do take a guy with a ridiculous contract. They're going to fr- the Lions are a first or a second round pick.
0: Yeah, it's going to be Cousins or Derek Carr in a few years.
1: I would take Carr. Yeah. I think that's who it's going to be.
0: Should I trade Mike Williams and Aaron Jones for JT? No. Or trade Aaron no. Jones for Jamar straight up? Which yes. trade do you
2: prefer? May- yes, second one.
0: Yeah, so obviously you're trading Aaron Jones to get Jamar. One. For yes. Four. Yeah, yeah, because Aaron yeah. Jones is in both trades. Yeah, we'll see you. That's 100%. Yeah, Jamar Except is, it.
2: like, struggling right now, and he's still okay. He's going to completely turn it around for sure.
1: Leads the league in drops. Don't tell Steeler fans that because they are convinced that it's Deontay Johnson.
0: <laughs> yeah. Facts. All right. But anyway, to answer this first tender, we are all in agreement then?
1: not. T- he's not going to keep the top five pace, but I do think That's that. Right. he's If he's at home, he's a must start for me.
0: Sorry, Jared. Logging off. Or logging
1: golf, I guess I should say. He doesn't, he
0: doesn't need us. <laughs> you, you've seen his wife. He doesn't need us.
1: He still needs me. He's still All after
2: right. Sean McVay's wife, though. We swiped. We got a new profile here.
1: Yeah. Right. So let me read the bio for you. This is Geno Smith. He has been the most accurate quarterback in the history of the league in the first four weeks of a season. Unbelievable. He has led the Seahawks to a 2-2 two and two record. He is averaging 33 pass attempts per game. And he is averaging eight air yards per attempt and is top five in the league in deep ball completion percentage. Are you buying the Geno hype? Do you think this is sustainable throughout the year? Or do you think that Geno will fall back into irrelevancy?
2: I think he's going to fall back into irrelevancy, and that's pretty easy. If you take away last week, he was mid. He's averaging like 12 to 15 points a game first three weeks.
0: Well, that was because the weeks one and three were actually over twenty points, right? But week two he had like nine.
2: He had seventeen week one. He had six week two, and he had eighteen week three. So he was oh, Miley fifteen.
0: Why do you have four Miley?
1: QB fifteen, QB thirty, QB seven, QB two.
2: I just like we said, Jared Goff as a sell high. is like the ultimate sell high at quarterback. If anybody would take him.
1: Yeah, he got dominated, dominated against the 49ers, but who hasn't?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's weird because in Yahoo, right, he had 21.2 week one, 6.08 week two, 22.9 week three, and 35.7 week four.
2: Did he have a long touchdown with a bonus? I don't – we don't play that. near do we. I'm on ESPN looking.
0: Um, But I'm – no. Sorry, Gino. I, I This is a great story, though, yeah. what he's doing right now in Seattle. I just – I'm, I'm not believing it. The thing that I will say about it, though, is the number of pass attempts wouldn't surprise me if they were 0-4. But the fact that they're like 2-2 two and two and playing okay, so it's not like negative gra- game script where he's just throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. I'm, I'm a bit surprised by that aspect of it.
1: Their pace of play or their game script is at negative .59, so they're pretty much keeping it even like, yeah. most mm-hmm. of the games. Mm-hmm. I honestly can't believe it. From what I've seen in like, previous years, and how they utilized him like I remember last year against the Steelers it was like he was barely allowed to even throw the ball and it's like if he was even moderately capable of any of this stuff like why didn't you let him do this before like was Russ telling everybody that like he's not allowed to like do this and like I don't want him to look good like it just feels crazy to me though like he's taken such a leap forward and what year is it now like it's not like he's like a new guy. He's been around since twenty thirteen. Like who has like a resurgence in their career nine, ten years in? Like
2: it's just mind blowing yeah. to me. It's funny when they let Russ cook, he just looked like crap and they let Gino cook
0: seventy seven percent completion percentage.
2: Russ is so mid, it's insane. All Sorry, right. Gino. So we're
0: I really right? wanted to say Gene yes too. But-
2: Chad Chad in the in the chat is right though. He's like the perfect super flex to QB League. Like he uh, p- uh, player, he's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Which I thought Marcus Mariota was good with that. And, then, and last Rashad Penny
0: also out. healthy right now, which yeah. might be the biggest surprise about the Seahawks. Yeah, good for him too. It's awesome. Chad's always uh, Chad's always in the comments providing some good stuff. He's killing it. He's basically a fourth host. I'm here for it.
1: All right. Well, you guys are a picky bunch. Um, let's oh, see. Yeah, we, if, I want to. Uh, I want to.
0: I have no idea where this on, is going. I'm looking for some matches here.
1: All right, you know, usually is like men swipe right on everything. You guys, are- <laughs> is it power it hour?
0: It ain't.
2: It
1: ain't <laughs> two AM yet. <laughs> right? It ain't two AM yet. Okay, um, this next gentleman, his name is George Pickens. Uh, he's a wide receiver for the Steelers. Um, if him. you if you didn't know, <laughs> uh, they had a change in quarterback at halftime last week. Um, so uh, he has a new guy throwing the ball to him. Um, if we look at the first three and a half games, Deontay Johnson had dominated the uh, the landscape as far as targets. Um, but George Pickens actually had his first 100-yard game last week um, against the Jets once Kenny Pickett came in and took over. So um, with Pickens having his first 100-yard game, six receptions, and Deontay Johnson being left behind with only two receptions, do you think that George Pickens will emerge as – Kenny Pickett's number one wide receiver option for
0: Pittsburgh. Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't want to go back on what I've said already. So here's well, the thing is...
2: I don't think th- he's going to be number one. So like the way you phrase that bothers me a little bit. But I think he's actually going to emerge <laughs> as a guy that you could start. I think they're both going to be
0: startable. Yeah. See, that's where I'm struggling is it, being the number one option. I don't know because this whole time I've said whenever Kenny Pickett becomes the number one, I could see Deontay Johnson being like his Addison at Pitt because I think that there's a lot mm-hmm. of similarities between the two skill sets. So I don't want to immediately go back on that, but it is undeniable the connection that we saw and how often mm-hmm. he was looking Pickens' way on Sunday. Now, was that a product of up to that point, Pickens not being utilized? And Mike Tomlin saying, hey, you're going in. We got to get this guy more involved than he has been in the first three weeks. I don't know. I want to see it happen again uh in Buffalo before I really like buy into this. Um but obviously we we were super excited about the talent as soon as we drafted it. So it's nice to see it finally be put together and have a hundred yard game. Um you know what? I, I I'll say yes. I'm gonna go back on my word. It's gonna be Pickens and not Deontay Johnson as the number one rest of the way.
2: I think that they're both going to be good fantasy options, but Pickens big playability is just out of this world, like, what he can do. It's only going to take him one or two plays to to pay off in fantasy, to be honest with you. So if Deontay's still getting, like, six to seven receptions a game and Pickens is getting big plays downfield, scoring a few touchdowns, I think they're both going to be I'll tell you. I'll tell
0: you who's not going to be is Chase Claypool. Let's just yeah. start there.
2: Sorry, Zana. <laughs> She's starting to uh, understand no. that he's not going to be on the team next year. I keep oh. telling her. Well is he afraid this is no, it this no. year or year after so after I mean, next year? He, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But he's I mean unless he trained. He's, he's like not getting a second contract with Pittsburgh, and I've been telling her. Yeah.
1: The crazy thing, the I think the craziest stat I saw about George Pickens last um is in the second half, he averaged five point nine two yards per route run. If you look at like what is like a good value for that, like an elite yards per route run is two. So to be almost at six, like I know it's not sustainable, um, but it's absolutely ridiculous. So um, They were utilizing him more in the first half as well. He got a 28.6 target share in the first half with Mitch, and then he was up to 33.3 in the second half with Kenny. Um, I think that he's progressed continuously throughout um, the look of it, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think that you can keep away from Deontay seeing how – Kenny's able to progress through his reads. I think that he's going to find the open guy, and Deontay always seems open. Um, mm-hmm. But Pickens has said that he was open 90% of the time, so we'll find out if that holds true. Um, <laughs> but Kenny also said that if he has guys that are one-on-one, he's willing to take the risk and make mm-hmm. the play. So um, I'm excited. I think it's a good thing for the Steelers' offense, especially in the receiving room. And I, it'll be interesting to see, I think, what happens with Najee as well um he hasn't really been utilized in the passing game all that much um but it'll mm-hmm. be I'll be curious to see if they get a little bit more creative with him coming out of the backfield so hopefully it's uh, all things ahead but if it were me and I am anticipating the Buffalo game to go horrendously um so I think you're going to have a lot of buy low candidates after the Buffalo game but that's just because their defense is just so good
2: I took the Steelers money line plus 600 cuz what the hell plus 600 odds you just got to yeah
0: if you give me plus six hundred odds on anything. I'm taking. Yeah, it. yeah. frick. <laughs> uh, concerned uh, for Pickett because of the rough stretch coming up. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a gauntlet. This is why, from a non-like fantasy perspective, I think we all wanted to see Pickett start the game against the Jets. I mean, even if you were on board with Trubisky being the one to start the season, I think that was the first point where like everybody was kind of in agreement. Okay, this is the time to make the switch. You got the ten days. Uh, to get and prepared for the Jets, and then you have that ridiculous gauntlet after that. Um, so you, you talked about being thrown into a fire. I, I This is about as tough as it gets when you look at the way these other teams that they got coming up are playing. So don't know if you guys have anything to to add to that comment, but uh, it's yeah, it's not pretty.
2: Missy Matthews tweeted today that uh, only one other quarterback made his NFL debut, his first start against the top defense, and it was... Number ben seven. Number seven. Coincidental? Not- I think not.
0: Um. <laughs> all right. right. So, hey, was, that last, uh, was that our That's last? Was that our
1: last? That's That's it. We're out yep. of matches for today. So.
0: <clears throat> all right. So our only fantasy subscriptions. I got to quit spending money. Um, people were asking about it. What was showing up on my bank statements? But, um, last week's, last week's subscription. Last week's <laughs> subscription. Went to uh, Romeo Dobbs, who stacked uh, a couple of nice weeks now together, 21.3 points two weeks ago, 13.7. He dropped a touchdown. This could have been a massive game instead of just a nice game for Romeo Dobbs. But I still feel pretty good about it because like long term projection, I think that he's really showing that he is the guy in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers was very complimentary of him uh, on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, talking about it like those drops are going to happen. He'd like to see him make that play but it's a play that he's seen him make in practice, and he's absolutely going to continue to look his way. Um, obviously, Alan Lazard's still there. Christian Watson is going to come back at some point and be a part of that mix. But Romeo Dobbs is looking like he could very well be Aaron Rodgers' guy going forward for the rest of the year. So I felt pretty good about that one last week.
1: All right, so who are you taking this week?
0: This week, going a little bit off the, uh, the radar with Bobby Trees, Robert Woods in Tennessee. Now, you think about Tennessee's passing game, and uh, – yeah, you're probably thinking, like, why are you picking somebody in the Tennessee passing game? We talked about Drew added uh, Traylon Burks to the injury discussion talk for a reason. I actually appreciate him doing so, because that is the reason that I have Robert Woods here. Somebody's going to take up um, those targets. And also Washington, very poor in terms of limiting wide receivers production. I believe they give up the third most points.
1: Second most, Second most in most PPR, 48.9 points. 48. 9
0: yeah. So this isn't like necessarily like a a long term thing for me with Robert Woods, but for this week specifically, I really like him as a play. Uh, he might come back up again later when we talk about Drew's DFS lineup.
1: There you go. Beautiful. All right, Drew, you want to go next? Yeah. You want to talk talk about who you had last week, and then we'll go from there.
2: Last week I had uh, Damian Pierce. That worked out pretty nicely. Stop Start- my rare Ws this year. Um. He received all the carries for the Texans, and they had negative game script. And I talked last week that I was worried that if they were a negative game script, what they would do. Rex Burkett getting a lot of touches. Actually turned out that Damian Pierce was second on the team in targets. Um, he didn't do much with those targets. He only had eight yards, but six catches gave you six extra points in PPR. Um, 14 carries for 131 yards, and a, he had a 75-yard touchdown, which was awesome. You got the bonus if your t- league does that. Um, I think that he's a great guy going forward. He's a top 15 running back. Finally showed that he can handle a larger workload. Looks like the Texans trust him. I think he's going to be a staple in your lineup moving forward. This is exactly what we were hoping for in the preseason.
0: RB12 on the the fritter ticker this week. Yeah. Damian
2: Pierce.
1: So, who are you subscribing to for this week? Are you going to stick with the running backs?
2: Stick with running backs. Um, going back to the well, I'm going with James Robinson. Um, In the game game against
0: Damian Pierce.
2: Yeah. He had a tough game last week against the Eagles. Obviously, they've been dominating essentially everyone all year. Uh, The Texans are the team that you want to face to get right. Austin Eckler (laughs) fed last week. You saw what he can do. The Texans are second worst on their rush defense over the last three weeks, giving up 30.7 points per game. Uh, And not only did Eckler gas him up, Khalil Herbert came in after – david montgomery's injury and he had 20 attempts for 157 yards and two touchdowns against him jonathan taylor went uh 31 for 161 and touchdown week one you can obviously run on the houston texans and i think that james robinson is going to run all over them this week
1: do you have any concerns about travis Etienne out snapping robinson last week or do you think that was no. just more a game script thing
2: game script um you can't run on the eagles you just can't so they jordan were- davis is so good yeah dude's huge
0: uh, I'll still, i RB seven for us.
2: Go ahead. I think I actually had him higher too. I think had him. I had him you at RB four,
0: I think overall. You probably did. Cause I think I had him at 10. So that would kind of balance out. And then I, I, really had, him I had him somewhere
2: in the middle, I think. Yeah. I like him this week for sure.
1: Cool. All right. So I guess that leaves it to me then. Um, so last week uh, I picked Joe Burrow as my uh, my only fantasy subscriber um, he had a decent week it wasn't anything uh, too amazing he finished 10th overall for quarterbacks um, which was a little bit lower than I was anticipating passed for 280 some yards he had two touchdowns could have had a few more honestly I thought um, but we'll take the performance um, for sure um, and uh, it was it was good to see. Um, as far as this week, uh, my OnlyFans subscription is going to be Logan Thomas. Um, so fun fact about Logan Thomas, um, he had been uh, coming off of uh, IR, had the ACL last year. Um, he's quietly had his route participation increase every week. Um, so he was at 50%, 57% week one, he was at 61% week two, 62% week three, 70% week four, 71% or er, No, I guess that was week four. So 70% um, this past week. Um, So now the other thing that you keep in mind is that Jahan uh, Dotson had a hamstring injury. Don't expect him to play this week. Uh, And beyond that, um, if we look at points giving up, uh, teams that are giving up points to tight ends, uh, Tennessee is giving the most um, with 24.3 points per game to tight ends over the last three weeks. Um, And these weren't really anybody that was crazy either. So this was Indianapolis. Um, You had Darren Waller um, and then uh, Buffalo Bills with Knox. Um, So I think this is right for the taking. Um, And I think that Logan Thomas is somebody that's definitely rosterable. Um, He's going to get that additional bump, especially knowing now um, that there's less mouse to feed with that offense. So I'm really high on pretty much everything that's not running back for um, Washington this week. I think they're going to be able to throw all over the Titans. Um but yeah i'm I'm pretty
0: excited about Logan Thomas this week, so subscribe. I like Logan Thomas a lot this week
2: as well. Yeah. That's a good transition into uh d f s actually
0: all right, let me pull up uh Joe's you know, chart perfect, you can talk about. perfect order what is this now? why does it say present? They changed the wording for that all right. <laughs>
2: Do you want to go over a little bit of your highlights? Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, I was saying, first and
0: foremost, we forgot to do this last week, but if there's anybody that's listening or watching for the first time, this is uh, a thing that Joe puts out weekly that he is about to describe to you guys what this is.
1: Yeah, so this is an average points allowed chart that monitors the last three weeks of fantasy output based on the team on the left. Um, That's the defense that you're considering. Um, And then the team or the opponent on the right-hand side, that's the team that your fantasy players that you would have are on. Um, So, for example, if we're looking at this chart right now, um, anybody that has like a blue color, that's going to be a good matchup for your players. Anybody that has a red color, they have a bad matchup for that week. Um, So if we're looking at, say, um, that top line, that's pretty much saying that Detroit is terrible at defense. Um, They're the worst defense um, in the league, essentially. Um, So for New England, they have good matchups uh, for the quarterback position, for the running back position, receiving position, tight end position. Um, And then if you were to play New England's defense, um, it's a middling matchup against Detroit. And then people aren't kicking a lot against Detroit because they're scoring a lot of touchdowns. Um, So it kind of looks the way that you would expect. The darker the color, um, the worse that the teams are. Um, And these are offered in standard format, half PPR and full PPR formats. um, So you can kind of figure out. Um, what works best with your league settings. Um, and the DST numbers might not match specifically to the output that you get in your league, just because everybody's settings are a little bit different. Um, but it does give you a frame of reference um, if you're looking for something to stream. Last thing I will say on this um, is that this isn't to definitively say like who you should start and who you should not. Um, so for example, um, if we're looking at tight ends this week, um, Pat Fryermuth is going up against Buffalo, who's the worst matchup for tight ends in fantasy football. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to bench Pat Fryermuth for somebody off the street um, just because they
0: uh, – Good God, 3.3 points.
1: Yeah, and standard, they don't really <laughs> give up a lot as well, uh, at all. Um, but that being said, it's like um, if – I don't know. Um, if you have, say uh, – like a wide receiver two or your flex position and you're trying to decide that, then this becomes a lot more useful, but you're not going to bench say Cooper cup or Justin Jefferson or Lamar Jackson because they have a tough matchup. So um, this is just another data point. And um, because it's looking at the last three weeks, um, if there's things that have changed um, then you can see those changes quicker than you would um, if you're looking at the overall
0: rankings for the season. Right. All right, Drew, take it away.
2: Yeah, so uh, Joe already alluded to this. We're liking the Washington Commanders this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to skip right down to tight end to his point. Logan Thomas, phenomenal matchup this week. Absolute no-brainer in DFS. I don't understand how he's priced where he's at. He's coming, only coming in at 3200 He's the 17th priced tight end. There's 17 other tight ends that are priced higher than him. And he has the best matchup this week. And he was the easiest player for me to stack with Carson Wentz. Um, Quarterbacks are a little tough this week because guys with the best matchups typically aren't on the normal DFS slate. Joe Burrow playing on a Sunday night, uh, Russ tomorrow night. The Pats have a great matchup, but Mac Jones is injured. We don't know what's going on with that quarterback situation, so I stayed away from that. So Carson Wentz stacking with Logan Thomas was a great move in my opinion. Logan Thomas, no matter what, if you don't want to stack with Wentz, Logan Thomas needs to be in your lineup. Just, just, it makes no sense where he's at. Second guy, both of the running backs I kind of considered for my only fantasy of the week. I went with James Robinson. Already said my piece with him. I think he's a must play. He's only coming in at 6,300, which is reasonably priced. I paid up for Nick Chubb this week. He's been the best running back in football week to week. Don't have to say much about him. I paid up for 8,000. Um, chargers are giving up 27 points per game, 33 points per game to running backs. Obviously, going in DFS lineup. Cooper Cup, I paid up for him at 9,600. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup, the only guy that you can put in a lineup every week and be like, He's getting me what I need. Arguably, should have been the number one overall pick by everybody in fantasy football this year. He keeps producing,
1: he's doing better than he was last year, which is like insane.
0: insane. It's insane. Isn't he like the fifth or sixth overall player?
1: Um, let me look
0: like score. like, you would think it would be like all quarterbacks at the top. Yeah. It's, it was
2: like that last year with them though, too. Yeah. I'll find out. While you look at that, I'll, I'll continue. I put Robert Woods into my uh, uh, wide receiver two slot. Smitty already had a chance to talk about him. Ramon J. Stevenson down on my flex. Pats have a great matchup for their running backs as well as their quarterbacks. I didn't want to uh, partake in the quarterback situation, but I went with Ramondre Stevenson considered Damian Harris. He's a couple hundred more than Ramondre Stevenson. So I wanted to save the money so I can get Cooper cup in my lineup. And then my final pick for my wide receiver three, it's kind of tough because I paid up on Cooper cup, Nick Chubb and guys like that. So I had to essentially punt on my last wide receiver slot. I went with Khalil Shakir. Um, Gabe mm. Davis is struggling with his ankle injury. Isaiah McKenzie is in the concussion protocol. Jamison Crowder fractured his ankle. So, all three of those guys are most likely going to be hindered by injury or completely missed time. And Mike Tomlin said at his presser this week, they're going to be doubling Stephon Diggs. He's still going to do damage, but they're going to have two guys taken away from, uh, from the defense covering him. There's going to be someone that's going to be open. Gabe Davis is probably going to get some work, but. I'm punting on this position. I'll spend 3,200 on Khalil Shakir, and hopefully he gets a couple targets, maybe a touchdown to pay off.
0: Uh, Khalil Shakir is probably the best suited player to play in the slot for them at this point. And if that's the case, we know Akella Witherspoon's missing again for the Steelers, yep. which Son's means gonna Arthur Mallet. Arthur yep. going to be in the nickel. Uh, yeah, he can't cover anybody. So yeah. <laughs>
2: 3,200 for Khalil Shakir. He could be I that like guy that. that's winning you leagues or winning you DFS this week. Isaiah McKenzie was that guy who won a lot of money for people last year. Khalil Shakir this time. I like that dark, bro.
1: So um, Cooper Cup is currently third overall in fantasy points. Um, (laughs) He hit 26 last
2: week without a touchdown.
1: It's Jackson, Allen, Cup, Hurts. Diggs is fifth. Mahomes, Goff is currently seventh overall. Tyreek Hill, Saquon, and then Justin Jefferson and Nick Chubber tied a ton.
0: It was funny, on uh, part of my take, they said that the Lions actually won the trade if you take away the Super Bowl. Just take away the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> you just take away the most important part of the game. Sure.
0: Uh, all right, anything else?
1: Drew, how did you do in DFS last week?
2: Better than you. No,
1: I know. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> that was more for... Uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just turned it into a roast session. Well, he he was that? he
2: was gassing me last week. He was ripping on me. Tried so to take my take my. Did you win money this year? Yeah, I only won like fifteen bucks, but I only paid five to get in, so mm. it was a rough week. It's and in it the green, like one hundred forty six points or something.
0: It's in the green. Yep. Did you answer my question from Twitter? What was this question from Twitter?
2: Joe did. What you responded? Who did? You did. You responded to Tyler. We didn't answer. Yeah, I did respond to Tyler.
0: What was it though?
2: Yeah, um, so like five players do want to rank.
0: Oh, all right. He let me didn't see. like it. I needed to start three of these five in a two flex lead: Drake London, Michael Pittman Jr., Chris Godwin, AJ Dillon, Chase Edmonds. All right. Well, it's definitely. I really like Godwin this week. Chase Edmonds is out of it for me. Uh, I'd probably do Godwin, Dylan, Pittman.
2: I think Are I Are you the worried same about thing. that bold prediction? What bold prediction? Or uh, Bradmonds? Zach had top 10.
0: Oh, God. Prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried about it. I was, I'm was. i an idiot. What was I thinking?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I thought this is tight end one, so. Isaiah
0: it's McKenzie.
1: Isaiah McKenzie over Gabe Davis, so look
0: nice. Maybe this. Maybe. In- How long is this injury going to be lasting for Isaiah McKenzie? He'll
2: be fine. Gabe Davis's ankle injury really f- –
0: Yeah. Yeah, but he's playing. Is McKenzie playing right now? No. Nah.
2: Yeah. He won't play this. I, I don't think he'll play this week. The whole concussion, concussion situation after the, what happened. To so,
0: Davis. Drew, what are your three? Because I think Joe and I have the same three. Yeah, I, went,
2: I said
1: Godwin, I, 1, Dylan 2, Pittman, 3, London, 4, Edmonds, 5. Why,
0: why were you Healy against needs, London? He needs three. Why were you right. against
2: London? What's the matchup there?
1: I'm against London because his team sucks and I don't trust them.
0: I'm not even against London. It's just I'm, I'm hiring those three. I'd be fine playing Drake London. It's Chase Edmonds is the one I'm rolling out immediately.
2: Right. Atlanta yeah, plays four. Tampa Bay this week, and for some reason I feel like the Falcons and Bucks always have like a high-scoring matchup. It's just like that division –
0: Marietta so who are you playing, like Drake London over?
2: Yards.
0: Who are you playing, London over though?
2: Michael Pittman. <laughs> the Colts have been so bad; it's just so hard. I have so many. I know, but without Jonathan
0: Taylor, now like, but is like Matt Ryan can...
2: going to deliver the ball? I just,
0: I don't hand it to him. He's got I Patrick Sertan on him this week. Ah, crap! He might be the second best corner in football already.
2: I don't know if I'm playing Pittman. Is Patrick Sertan shadowing right now? He is shadowing, right? Yeah,
0: he typically does. And against the Colts, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You get rid kind of Pittman
2: and that's it.
0: No, I can't, I can't go back on it. I'm sticking with it.
2: I, I think I, I go London. I don't really know if I like A.J. Dillon this week, though, either. Honestly, because he's been not what I expected.
1: You're not a Quad City DJ?
2: I am. Will you pick your three? Drake London, Chris Godwin, AJ Dillon. Okay.
1: So Godwin and Dillon for sure. And then yeah. you can decide what you want to do with that third receiver. I,
0: I, I honestly, though, with the fact playing on the Thursday night game, I don't love that. I, so I might switch to London too, for that reason. Broncos are at home. I'm Broncos not saying it's because too. of Drew with the Patrick Sertan thing. I'm going to say it's because of a short week on Thursday night.
2: And they have to travel to Denver. Yeah. It just screams bad news for Pittman this week. Pittman loves to fly. He said it like four it times. But Matt Ryan doesn't like to move, period. Like he looks like he's going to die every single time he gets hit.
0: All right. Uh, guys, as always, thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Listening now, because you can listen to us podcast form, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Doodle Podcasts, wherever. Uh, You can find us, that's all going to be in our link tree, which you can find in our bio, uh, Twitter at AT412FFshow, all that good stuff. You can tweet at us, ask us questions, which Joe will answer. Um, Other than that, we can't thank you enough for tuning into this episode. We wish you the best of luck in your week five matchups, and we'll be back in week six. Bye-bye.